You are listening to the Brooke Snow Podcast, conversations to help you look forward with faith, faith in yourself, faith in God, and faith in your own mission and purpose. I'm your host, Brooke Snow. You have episode 77, Your Future Self. Friends, today is my season finale, and I am so excited to leave you with a topic that hopefully will inspire you in your own goals and life purpose. We are diving deep into discovering a very important person, your future self. This self is the version of you that has achieved your most important goal. This self is the version of you that has made it through the other side of a big trial, stronger and more courageous than before. The future self is that version of you that has acquired a new skill or a new habit. She's different than your current self in a few distinct ways. Today, we will uncover the simple process of how to become your future self right now. If you enjoy this podcast, I know you would love my book, Living in Your True Identity. It's available in Desert Bookstores and online at Amazon.com. It's filled with 21 tools to help you live life as the best version of yourself. Thank you to all of you who have left a review for this podcast or you've taken the time to share it with a friend. Your reviews and your shares, that is what makes this podcast possible. Today's review of the week comes from Photo Loving Mom. She says, thank you, Brooke Snow, for this podcast. It helps me a lot. I especially love the portion of your episode, Seeing the Divine Self, where you shared the meditation portion of the Divine Self podcast. I felt so free and could finally feel the love of the Lord and see myself as he sees me. I felt beautiful. I felt love. I felt free. Thank you, Brooke, for showing us how we can learn who we really are and see others as our Heavenly Father sees them. Keep up this beautiful labor of love. Photo-loving mom, thank you so much for the review. And I'm so grateful that you were able to have that experience with the guided meditation. Seeing ourselves the way that God sees us or seeing others the way that God sees them can so often be an abstract concept. So I really love that specific guided meditation to help it be really practical and to actually experience it. And I love that you were willing to try it and experience that for yourself. Keep it up, friend. You are beautiful and you are free. If you want to be the reviewer of the week, please leave me a five-star review in iTunes and share your favorite takeaways so far. Your ratings and reviews and shares are what makes this podcast possible. So thank you so much for listening and for sharing. Okay, if you have read my book or you've listened to my podcast for any amount of time, you have likely heard me talk about the true self and the false self. Everyone in the world has two identities. One is true and one is false. Your true self scripture refers to as your divine nature. The false self scripture refers to as your natural man or the flesh. You really do have two identities. There is opposition in all things. Understanding this concept right here has been fundamental for my own growth. And my greatest hope in writing my book was that people would come to understand that the negative critical voice that they hear in their head when they get discouraged is not who they really are. That the negative feelings or mistakes and poor choices are not who they really are. You do not have to identify with the natural man false self. 
And as soon as you can recognize that this is not the true you, progress happens faster and it's far more enjoyable. (laughs) The true self is divine. The true self contains all the characteristics and attributes of our heavenly parents. Just like an acorn seed contains the blueprint of growing into a mighty oak tree, we too contain the blueprint to become like God as we develop the seed of every attribute that is already within us. I love this analogy of the oak tree and the acorn. (laughs) Everything the acorn needs to grow into that oak tree is already there. Everything that we need to grow into someone like our heavenly parents is already there. So when I hear people say, I'm not patient, or I'm just not organized, or I'm not creative, or I'm not consistent, (laughs) or any other desirable attribute, I find myself wanting to intervene and say, yes, you are. You are all of those things. You have the seed of all of those things already inside you. Some attributes may need more development and time to grow, but it's already there. Your true self is perfect and whole. Now, let me explain that word perfect because it can be a little bit of a trigger word sometimes. The Greek translation of the word perfect means complete. Now, if we think of ourselves like the acorn seed that already has the DNA to become a mighty oak tree, then it becomes a little bit easier to see ourselves in a similar way. We already have the characteristics and attributes of God. We are complete. We are whole. The work we have to do lies in planting and nourishing the seed of all that is already inside of us. The work is in growing and developing ourselves into who we are already designed to be. So what I want to talk about today is not your true self or your false self. I want to introduce you to a third self, a very important self for your growth and development. That self is your future self. The future self is not the acorn seed. The future self is the tree. Coming to know your future self is a really important component for your growth. Your future self has the answers you need in the present moment to bridge the gap from where you are right now and where you want to be. She knows how you got there. She knows the process and the steps it took to become her. If you want to be your future self, all you need to do is live the way your future self lives and do it every day. (laughs) In time, you will become your future self. But what if you don't know your future self? What if you don't have any idea what she's like? What if your future self feels more like a stranger? How in the world do you even get to know her? How do you know what she's like and how she lives? Most people don't spend a whole lot of time thinking about their future self at all. So where do you even start? Well, thousands of years ago, a prophet named Alma wrote an amazing discourse about a seed growing into a tree. I think there is a whole lot that we can learn about ourselves in this simple parable. Alma is likening faith unto a seed and the process it goes through in order to grow. Do you think 
It requires any faith to become your future self. Yes, complete faith and complete courage. So where does Alma say to start? Alma 32, verse 27, he says, But behold, if you will awake and arouse your faculties, even to an experiment upon my words, and exercise a particle of faith, yea, even if you can no more than desire to believe, let this desire work in you. Friends, desire is your clue. Desire is the breadcrumbs that lead to getting to know your future self. What do you want? What do you desire? Do you want better health, a better relationship, a better self-image, a skill, an attribute or a virtue, an opportunity? Do you want to be on the other side of a current trial or challenge? What do you desire? What is it that you really, really want? Do you know? Once you know what it is, let this desire work in you. Allow it to take root. Participate in the spiritual creation of what it would be like. What would your life be like if this desire were to happen? What would you be like if this desire were to happen? How would this change you? How would this change your life? Let this desire work in you. To become intentional about your own growth, it's really important to have an idea of who your future self is and what she is like. If you don't know how she's different from who you are right now, then you won't know what needs to happen differently in your life. You are who you are right now because of what you currently do and believe. Your future self is who she is because of what she does and what she believes. Have you ever been in a class or a conference that has asked you to think ahead and imagine your life five years from now or 10 years from now or maybe 20 years from now? Have you been in there and had that question asked and you're supposed to describe what you hope to have accomplished? Now, truth be told, I have always dreaded, (laughs) I have dreaded these exercises. Never once have I found those questions easy to answer. I have often wondered that maybe I just wasn't good at dreaming big. Seeing that far into the future always felt risky because I have come to know that life is full of twists and turns and surprises. I have argued with myself saying, why plan five years out if things are likely to turn out differently anyway? The other difficulty about these questions is that I usually interpreted them to be about material wealth. I usually viewed it as a big Christmas list of all the things I hope I would have received (laughs) by year five or 10 or 20. What was I supposed to dream of? A big mansion, a fancy car, world travel? There's nothing wrong with any of those things. But for me personally, they don't motivate me very much because those aren't my own personal desires. I couldn't let that desire work in me because the desire for them doesn't exist in me. Back then, even if I got closer to imagining the things that I do desire, like building my business, writing a book, or developing a certain skill, it felt so out of reach. Have you ever felt that way about the things that you desire? (laughs) That they are far away? Perhaps they even feel impossible. Why is that? Why do they feel far away? Why 
would they feel impossible? Those desires may feel out of reach because it is not possible to have something different unless I become someone different. And yet the questions didn't ask me who I was in the future, only what I had accomplished. This is a very important distinction. I'm well aware of all the problems, limiting beliefs, weaknesses, and circumstances of my life in the present. It feels out of alignment to imagine those things coming to pass, all those things I desire. It's hard to imagine those things coming to pass as the person I am right now. I have to become someone different to create those desires. I have to grow from an acorn into the oak tree. In the book, Atomic Habits, author James Clear teaches what is called the three layers of behavioral change. When I learned this, it changed my life forever. It is what my entire mentoring program is based upon. So listen close. This is fascinating. He describes the three layers of behavioral change using a visual. He's using a visual of three concentric circles. The outermost circle is your desired outcome. The next circle in is your process. And the center circle is your identity. Let's review that really quick. This is important. Outside circle is the outcome. Next circle in, process, center circle, identity. Outcome, process, identity. James Clear argues that most people start on the outside circle. They choose what goal or habit they want to achieve, and oftentimes they never go any further. Those who are more likely to be successful take it one step in, and they figure out the process required to accomplish the desired outcome. What do you have to actually do to create that outcome? But even that doesn't guarantee success. It is only when you integrate the center circle and change your identity, who you believe yourself to be, and you align it with your process and outcome, then success is practically guaranteed. James Clear then teaches an important distinction. He says, the reason people fail, the reason people fail at their goals is because they approach it from the wrong direction. The tendency is to work from the outside circle in. The tendency is to start with the outcome. But true lasting change comes only when we change our identity. So if you want to be successful, he suggests you start at the center circle and then you work out. Many people have failed at goals because they never changed who they believed themselves to be. When you don't change your identity, you self-sabotage your progress. Have you ever in your life picked an outcome and given up before you got there? Chances are basically 100% that you didn't change your identity to support it. Start with who you want to be. Start with your identity. Start with your future self. This is a process that I have used to create some really big things in my life. I had a desire to write a book that is an outcome, (laughs) but the book did not get written until I figured out what future author Brooke did every day. Turns out 
She writes every single day. Interesting. <laughs> One word at a time, day after day after day. I also had a desire to lose weight. That is an outcome. But I did not lose 60 pounds until I figured out what future physically fit Brooke did every day. Turns out she moves her body every single day. She eats good food. She drinks lots of water. She has a regular sleep schedule. She practices loving herself and speaking kind words. And she listens to her body every single day. All really small things, but they accumulate and compound with consistency. The current seed, there's a little peek into my life right now. My current seed that I am working on developing right now is future Brooke the cook. <laughs> I already cook wholesome meals every day, but truth be told, um, it felt like a chore. I was not enjoying it. Sometimes I was even dreading it, but there is a desire in me to love it. I certainly love to eat. I want to love the cooking part. <laughs> so I am letting this desire work in me. So what does future Brooke the Cook do every day? <laughs> what does she believe that makes her so good and awesome at cooking? First off, she doesn't tell the story of dreading it. She tells herself that she loves it. I love cooking. Cooking is fun and relaxing and rewarding. <laughs> but there are other little habits that she does. She changes her words. She changes her story. What else does she do? She plans ahead. She has a menu plan. She gives herself enough time to cook. She works in a clean kitchen so that there is space to prepare the food. And she has a sink prepared with warm, soapy water so she can clean as she cooks. And she has developed a process that she can repeat over and over again for certain tasks so that things feel orderly. She also plays music and she diffuses essential oils to create this lovely environment while she's cooking. And she invites her kids to help so that they can use the time to build relationships and learn a life skill. Wow. <laughs> Future Brooke the cook was certainly doing things far different than old Brooke, who would wait until 5 p.m. to figure out dinner or even start dinner. Old Brooke would get discouraged because the kitchen counters would be cluttered with evidence of children's snacks. And she is feeling hungry and disorganized and frustrated and she wants something to eat right now. <laughs> Not in an hour and a half from now when the entire family is hangry and bothering each other while they wait for me to do all of the cooking because I am too irritated to have help and I just want everyone to leave me alone so I can focus on getting this dreaded task done. <laughs> if I want things to change, what do I need to do? I need a vision of who future Brooke the Cook is. I need to know what she does differently and what she believes. And then I need to start living that version every single day. Now, this is a new one that I'm working on right now, and it's been so awesome because it's already feeling transformative. Knowing what the new beliefs and what the new actions are of my future self 
It alleviates so much frustration. It already feels different because I am believing different and I'm doing things different. So is there anything in your current life that you wish was different? Is there anything in your current relationships you wish was different? Is there anything in your current habits you wish was different? Let this desire work in you. Imagine what your life could be like if this was part of who you were. Coming to clearly know who your desired future self is, it's actually a really rewarding exercise. However, (laughs) if the gap between where you are now and where you want to be is really wide, sometimes this can also feel discouraging. You may have thoughts arise like, how will I ever get there? I am never going to be able to make this happen. Now, the thing is, your current self will never get there. Your current self will never make that happen. But your future self can. Knowing who you want your future self to be is the first step. The next step is finding out how she got there. What does she do every day? Your future self has done something different. She's changed her habits and how she spends her time. She has changed her thoughts and beliefs. She does things differently. How did your future self make it happen? Most importantly, what were the daily small things she started to do differently that created this great difference? By small and simple things are great things brought to pass. It's the small daily habits, the tiny small differences that add up, that accumulate, that compound over time that lead to this great change. Let this desire work in you and then nourish it every day. Find out what your future self does differently and then start doing those things. Alma guides us through this process, reminding us that the seed requires consistent nourishment. If the seed doesn't grow, it's not because it was a bad seed. It was because it didn't get the care and attention and action it needed to grow. In verse 28, he says, If you give place that a seed may be planted in your heart, behold, if it be a true seed or a good seed, if you do not cast it out by your unbelief, it will begin to swell within your breasts. Did you catch that line? If you do not cast out the seed by your unbelief. What could that mean? Unbelief encompasses your limiting beliefs of your current self. I did a whole podcast on unbelief, and I will link that in the show notes. Unbelief encompasses your limiting beliefs of your current self. If we keep our current beliefs about ourselves and our current habits, then we cast out the seed of who we could be as our future self. We get stuck in the present version of who we are. (laughs) We must rid ourselves of unbelief by adopting new beliefs and new habits that nurture the seed. Alma continues saying, let us nurture it with great care, that it may get root, that it may grow up and bring forth fruit unto us. And now behold, if you nourish it with much care, it will get root and grow up and bring forth fruit. But if you neglect the tree and take no thought for its nourishment, behold, it will not get any root. And when the heat of the sun cometh and scorcheth it, because it hath no root, it withers away, and you pluck it up and cast it out. 
But if you will nourish it, the tree as it beginneth to grow by your faith with great diligence and with patience, looking forward to the fruit thereof, it shall take root. And behold, it shall be a tree springing up unto everlasting life. Wow, (laughs) what an incredible discourse on personal change. What an incredible discourse on how to go from who you are right now to your amazing future self. Let this desire work in you. Cast out your unbelief, all your current limiting beliefs of yourself and current habits that hold you back. Hold to this picture of who your future self is and live the way she lives. Do the things she does. Think the thoughts she thinks. Believe what she believes. Nurture this with patience, looking forward to the fruit. Let it take root and diligently continue to nourish the seed into your future self. All three layers of behavior change work together. Identity, process, outcome. Identity, you must know who your future self is. Process, know what she believes and what she does every day. Outcome, as you come to identify as your future self and you adopt her beliefs and habits and nurture them consistently, you become her. The seed grows into the tree. One of my favorite stories that illustrates this process is the prophet Nephi in the Book of Mormon. After traveling in the wilderness with his family, the Lord commands Nephi to build a ship. In 1 Nephi chapter 17, we read, And it came to pass that after I, Nephi, had been in the land of Bountiful for the space of many days, the voice of the Lord came unto me, saying, Arise, and get thee into the mountain. And it came to pass that I arose and went up into the mountain and cried unto the Lord. And it came to pass that the Lord spake unto me, saying, Thou shalt construct a ship after the manner which I shall show thee, that I may carry thy people across these waters. The Lord is planting a seed in Nephi's heart of his future self. His future self has built a ship. (laughs) This is completely out of Nephi's current skill (laughs) set. He has never built a ship before. But how does Nephi respond? He responds by trying to figure out what his future self believes and does. What is the process he must take to create this vision of someone who has built a boat? To find the process, he asks for more direction. He says, Lord, where shall I go that I may find ore to molten, that I may make tools to construct the ship after the manner which thou hast shown unto me? And it came to pass that the Lord told me, where I should go to find ore that I might make tools. And it came to pass that I, Nephi, did make a bellows wherewith to blow the fire of the skins of beasts. And after I had made a bellows that I might have wherewith to blow the fire, I did smite two stones together that I might make fire. Nephi has a vision of his future self. He figures out what he needs to do. He learns the process. He breaks down the vision into what is possible to do right now. He starts by finding ore for tools. And then he begins to make the tools. And then he creates a bellows. And then he makes a fire. Line upon line, he simply does the next thing. And then the next thing. And then the next thing. This is great, right? 
He gets a vision. He learns the process and he does it. Perfect, right? (laughs) Except remember how Alma warned us about unbelief? Nephi is anxiously engaged in building a ship when his brothers find him. He says, and when my brethren saw that I was about to build a ship, they began to murmur against me saying, our brother is a fool for he thinketh that he can build a ship. He also thinketh that he can cross these great waters. And thus my brethren did complain against me and were desirous that they might not labor for they did not believe that I could build a ship. Neither would they believe that I was instructed of the Lord. And now it came to pass that I, Nephi, was exceedingly sorrowful because of the hardness of their hearts. Unbelief can come both in our own self-doubts and also in the doubts of others. Unfortunately, this often shows up even in our own families. We may have a vision of our future self and begin to make valiant efforts to create that vision, and those around us can try to hold us hostage in the old identity. You don't know how to build a ship. You don't know how to sail the sea. You are a fool. Hearing the critical voices in our own head is bad enough. But when it comes from people close to us, it can be devastating. Nephi says he was exceedingly sorrowful. Each of us will experience this same pivot point for ourselves, where we get to choose who to believe. Do you believe the criticisms? Do you believe you are who other people say you are? Do you believe the negative voices who try to stop your progress? Do you believe the limiting beliefs of your current self? Or will you believe the vision God has given of who you are and who you can be? Will you believe the thoughts of your future self? Some of my hardest moments this year have come from people close to me, holding me in an old identity. Goodness, I sure hope that I won't always be known as who I was in high school or who I was as a teenager or who I was even a few years ago. These same people have seen me working to change who I am and felt it necessary to remind me of all my past mistakes. My current actions, they don't align with the person that they think me to be, and this feels disruptive. I have spent years overcoming the negative self-criticism within myself, but to receive it from people who are in my own trusted circles was the most challenging identity crisis I have ever known. I kept working on my goals. I kept holding to the new beliefs of my future self. But over and over again, I would have the thought, maybe this person is right. Maybe I am who she says I am. Unbelief. And if I choose to believe those words, if I choose to believe my old identity, or even the distorted identity someone else has created for me, I cast out the seed of my future self and will never taste the fruit of that tree. Nephi feels this. He is exceedingly sorrowful at his brother's words. This isn't just about name calling. It's about identity and belief. It's about feeling called to create a future vision, which absolutely requires you to change who you are, change what you do, and have faith that it will lead you to where you want to go. 
And to not have the support of those around you feels deeply painful. Much of what they are saying is true. He hasn't built a ship before. He doesn't know how to sail the seas. The current version of him has not done those things. But it doesn't mean it's not possible or that it can't be learned, cultivated, and nurtured into existence. So what does Nephi do to stay strong in his faith? What does he do to stay strong in his identity in creating his future self? He recounts every heroic story of miracles and deliverance that he can remember from the scriptures. He recalls people who did mighty things that also had never been done before. He recounts the many ways that God has supported his people in fulfilling what he commands them to do. He remembers in detail the many experiences of Moses. He remembers the stories of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He continues saying, I said unto them, If God had commanded me to do all things, I could do them. If he should command me that I should say unto this water, Be thou earth, it should be earth. And if I should say it, it would be done. And now if the Lord has such great power and has wrought so many miracles among the children of men, how is it that he cannot instruct me that I should build a ship? Close quote. Even if our future self is being called upon to do something we have never done, even if we are being asked to develop virtues and attributes that we have never developed before, There are other people who have done those things, and God helped them as well. Nephi holds to these stories of triumph to strengthen his faith that it's possible for him to do what he has never done before as well. Noah built a ship by being instructed by the Lord. So can he. Part of casting out unbelief so you can move forward in nurturing your future self requires you to hold to the faith of those who came before. If you're Going through a divorce, there have been others before you who have as well, who made it through and survived and built a new identity and a new life. If you're going through infertility, there have been others before you who have as well, who made it through and have created meaningful lives. If you're struggling with mental illness, there have been others before you who have as well, who made it through and created a future self free from those struggles. If you're being called to use your voice, to be an influence, to create a business, to cultivate a skill, to stop a habit or addiction, to lose weight, to adopt a new lifestyle, to forgive someone, to love someone. There have been others before you who have done this as well, who made it happen and created a new future self. You're not being asked to do what is impossible. It's all been done before. You may have not done it before, but others have. Even though everyone's story is still unique, we can draw upon the faithful progress of those who came before to fuel our own faith and belief. Let this desire work in you. Who do you want to be? What needs to change or be cultivated within you? What is the process to get there? What are the small daily habits and beliefs that lead to this future self? Nourish this. Believe this. Don't believe current limiting beliefs from yourself or others. Hold to the vision you have of your future self. 
You can do this. You can create this. You already have the seed of everything you need inside of you. Nourish the seed. As you do, the Lord promises, because of your diligence and your faith and your patience with the word and nourishing it, that it may take root in you, behold, by and by ye shall pluck the fruit thereof, which is most precious, which is sweet above all that is sweet and which is white above all that is white, yea, and pure above all that is pure. And ye shall feast upon this fruit, even until ye are filled, that ye hunger not, neither shall ye thirst. Ye shall reap the rewards of your faith and your diligence and patience and longsuffering, waiting for the tree to bring forth fruit unto you. Imagine your life as your future self and look forward with faith. Do you listen to these episodes and love what you hear and wonder where to start? I invite you to take my Christian meditation 40 day challenge course. Meditation is my most important practice of the day. And I use it for so many things, especially holding to the vision of my future self. But just like we learned from Alma, consistency is the key. We have to nourish this vision. That's why I love that this is a 40-day challenge course. The challenge is to do it for 40 consecutive days. Starting a new habit and even more so being consistent with it can be tricky. So this is why I offer every student a free buddy pass. It allows you to handpick your own friend or family member to take the course with you. You get an accountability partner. You both do the challenge together and two people start a new empowering practice instead of just one. If this is calling out to you, I invite you to register at the link in the show notes, or you can find it on my website at brooksnow.com. You can do this. I am cheering you on.